Hello and welcome to another episode of the Let's Biz You Up podcast. My name is Esther Aiken and I'm your host for today and I'm absolutely buzzed to be here. I apologise if you hear some noise in the background, it's raining again and I apologise for the snotty nose, it's winter and there's not a lot I can do about it. But this week has been manic for lots of other reasons with it being the end of the business financial year which is at the end of June. And if you're listening to this when this episode is released, it's roughly seven business days away and work has been crazy busy trying to fit in and finish the last paying client tasks before the end of the year. This means my teams have been busy completing the last few little jobs before the claims go to the client for final payment. It's always so refreshing when you start off in a new financial year, which in my case means new budgets and I can again start getting certain jobs done. The businesses I work for tend to use all their budgets up earlier in the year and by the end of the year they've spent all of their dollars, which leaves very little for me to be able to do anything in the way of new projects and boringly enough it tends to be a bit of a waiting period basically in a holding pattern just before the starting gates where on the 1st of July we can burst through once more and start the race to the next end of financial year all over again. Terrible analogies I know but I hope you get the point. Thank you for the feedback from last week's episode. I hope it was helpful in resetting your goals for the next six months. I know I certainly put a lot of work into reevaluating and resetting my goals. I realize I have a number of targets that if I'm going to meet them, I really am going to have to pull finger. And that means just changing it up a little bit in my routines and instead of taking time out, well, let's face it, procrastinating really, watching Netflix every now and again, I'm going to have to knuckle down and get really serious about my business stuff. I guess I've been kind of sulking a little bit, even though it has nothing, it was nothing personal. I'm going to be completely honest with you. A business deal I was working on didn't quite go to plan, and I guess it's left me a little bit gun shy. One of my big dreams, other than starting my business from scratch, which I'm doing at the moment, my bees, the podcast, my amazing business clients, what I really want to do is add onto my current portfolio and buy an existing business that is being sold for the right reasons, as in the business has been around for a long time and the owners are selling up due to retiring or heaven forbid ill health or just ready to move into a new adventure. If the business has managed to survive COVID and has financial figures that even if the um, if if as the country goes into a recession is still going to be successful. Now this could be a product based or a service based business selling something that all people need and will not go out of fashion, or it is not particularly a luxury item and it isn't necessarily result well reliant on imported products that have to be bought in where you're reliant on freight and overseas shipping to get your product into the country. Also, it has to be a business that if you need to get staff in, you don't need brainiacs like extremely specialised engineers that only focus on a very particular niche and are almost impossible to attract to New Zealand and cost a fortune. This might sound like pie in the sky but I do believe there's a business out there that fits this brief. Yes call it a wish list if you wish but 
I felt like I almost found it too. So a few months ago, I came across this little business here in, in the town that I live in with a known brand that has been around for 25 to 30 years approximately. And the products are made on site and very much New Zealand made. It was a certain style that genuinely appealed to me personally. But the problem is I do not possess the skill needed to make these products, which didn't really seem like a problem at the time because I knew of a fabulous and very skilled individual that possessed exactly the skills needed to create these particular signature items and I knew she was looking at doing something a little bit different with her life so I approached her and asked her if she would be interested in becoming a business partner. The answer was yes and off we went and investigated the business and everything was going amazing. The business owner was more than prepared to assist in the handover, including intellectual property, stock, and it was such an exciting time. The problem was the deal itself was based on taking over stock in the shop and the brand itself, but not actually taking over the business, which meant we couldn't really get a good look at the books. And that is quite scary because even though I knew that the product was amazing and the product range that could be expanded on and developed into something special it already had a following and sales online that with my business development skills I knew I could blow it up and I could have provided myself and my business partner with a sustainable plan and business that did not include our nine to fives and a lot less traveling to our day jobs and potentially the income we were both hoping for. One of the first things I did at the start of this journey was to investigate and research the brand and the business, the clientele and its competitors. What potential options there were to add extra products and refresh the product range that was currently there. It would have been a little tight to begin with but we could have made it work. Sadly in the end the sale did not go through even though it got to the point where the sales agreement was being drawn up and being sent through to the lawyers. The business partner decided to pull out because they felt there wasn't enough security to begin with to sustainably bring in an income for that person to go full time in this business and that the risk was just too high for them. I won't lie to you. I was absolutely devastated. I saw this as the next step for me as a businesswoman and a potential future for my daughter and regrettably on my own I couldn't financially do it. So I put my big girl pants on and rang the business owner explaining why the deal wasn't going to go through. In this case the true reason the deal failed wasn't anything really the current business owner did. If anything, they were perfectly clear about their terms. No, in this case, it was purely a misunderstanding between me and the business partner where I was under the impression and made an assumption that the business partner knew what the risks were that we were potentially taking on. Me, on the other hand, with my business experience and in my field of expertise, I had spent a lot of time going through all the pros and all the cons. I completed a full risk assessment of what it was that I wanted to get out of the business and what I was prepared to risk. But turns out the other person didn't feel the same, although I highly respect their intuition. I guess I was a little bit disappointed that they just didn't have the faith in me and my skills to make it work. And it was here that I realized that I was taking it personally, thinking it was me that caused the collapse of the business deal, when in fact it had nothing to do with me, but everything to, to do with their insecurities and stress. They had absolutely perfect reasons why they pulled out, and it just wasn't a good fit. But after thinking about it long and hard, I also realized 
that I had, had I had the financial backing of my own, then I would have taken the deal and I would have hired staff to complete the tasks that were needed to produce the inventory. I have to admit, I do actually think a lot about the deal going south every day. For some reason, I'm still being pulled in that direction. But no matter, it was not meant to be. Although, if I were lotto, I would probably still seriously consider it. One of the most valuable lessons I did learn from this is that if I'm going to be looking at finding and buying that perfect business, then I'm going to be doing it on my own. Having too many people involved is just messy. And that is something that I discovered for myself when I was revisiting and reassessing my mid-year goals. And if I was to do it again with a new business partner, then I would make sure that they were extremely educated and understood what it takes to buy and run a new business. And the fact that it takes hard work and effort to build and grow to be sustainable and that they become aware of the potential demands that it will have on their time. I turned 45 this year. Yes, there you go. I said my age. And with the way the retirement age has been changed all the time, I'm probably going to be working till I'm in my 70s before the New Zealand government will allow me to legally retire. And I'm a firm believer that's saying, you know, that staying in a nine to five is not going to serve me well enough to retire early and have my mortgage paid off before I get too old to enjoy life. So it really made me sit back and look at what some of the things I would need to go through to ensure I'm making educated and competent business decisions when it comes to buying uh, and hunting to buy that perfect business. Hopefully this episode will help you if you're looking at buying that perfect business that suits your needs and learn from my mistakes. And a big part of that was getting very clear on what it is that you want. As I've described previously, my unicorn business at the start of this episode, it pays for you to write down what it is that you're after. But firstly, I'm going to run through what some of the pros and cons are to owning your own business. This, I feel, had I done this with the business partner at the start of the conversation, even before we started looking and investigating the business deal, it may have made all the difference. So, on the positive side, you have more control over your work schedule and the direction of the company. You may also have the potential for greater financial rewards and the satisfaction of creating something from scratch or building on an established brand. However, owning a business also comes with risks such as financial instability, long work hours and the responsibility of managing employees. It also requires a significant amount of time, effort and money to get started and maintain success. Ultimately, the decision to own a business depends on individuals' goals and circumstances. I would definitely have brainstormed a number of these with this other person and I think we could have saved ourselves a lot of grief, but no matter. Instead of doing the research on my own, I should have presented the following important pieces of information and included them in the research, which is what a new business owner needs to know when looking at buying a new business. And that is to understand the industry and market of the business you are interested in. You don't necessarily need to be an expert in the business or the industry, but you need to know that you have the skills needed to at least run that business and have the drive to at least learn what you need to know to make it successful. 
The next is to conduct thorough research on the financial history and performance of the business. Although in this case, we were not able to see the financial books, I did a lot of work on basically online stalking and seeing what they had been selling and kind of in what volume and the type of sales they had been running. So I had a fairly good idea of what the turnover was and what our expenses incoming and outgoing would have been. Now the next step is crucial when buying a new business and that is to assess the potential for growth and opportunities for expansion. Now this business had unlimited potential to grow. It could have expanded into a number of different areas. I must admit I was very excited about the areas we could take it in And the next important step when looking at buying a business, that's to evaluate the customer base and reputation of the business. As I said, I had stalked this business and even though they were slowing down because of their desire to move on from the business, their client base was still loyal and growing. The next is to determine a legal standing of the business, including contracts and licenses. In this case, most of it's fairly above board and the location was good. Again, It was fairly certain that we could have negotiated a good deal on the rent for the shop and we had alternatives in play where we could have utilised other workspaces as well if the shop didn't quite work out or if we needed to expand on the workshop. Either way, we had options. The next key important piece when looking at buying a potential new business is to review the existing management structure and staff. The current business owner was more than happy to let us talk with current staff and subcontractors to the business to see if they would be happy to assist and stay on to help grow and refresh the business. So I'm pretty sure we could have figured out that one too. The next is to evaluate the physical assets and condition of the business. This is where we started to get tricky. The business was being set up to close down pretty much unless they could find somebody to take over. So the condition of the business had actually gone backwards in the previous year and would have needed a fair amount of work to boost it up again. So this was definitely an area that needed a lot of work. Then there's the next step, which is to assess any potential liabilities or risks associated with the business. And there was plenty You're never going to find a business that has no potential liabilities or no risks associated with the business. There is always going to be baggage. Heck, the same is for any new relationships. This is an area that requires a lot of investigation and potentially this is where some of the cost goes when investigating a new business. Be prepared to spend the money here. This includes lawyers and financial advisors. Then there is step nine and that is to determine the current owner's reason for selling and negotiate a fair price. In this case we knew why the current owner wanted to sell and it was actually for ill health reasons and we had negotiated a fair price with very fair terms. Yes it got that close to the dotted line. Now the next part is something I'm very good at and it is something I help my clients with every single time I work with them and I have created in the past multi-million dollar businesses with this skill and no trust me this is not dead in the in the business world and that is to step 10 to develop a solid business plan and strategy for future success. I had spent ages on this, including financial forecasting, critical critical pathways, resourcing, you name it, I had covered it. Yes, I know it was risky and it relied very heavily on on the other person's abilities to create 
in the inventory until we had enough financial backing to bring extra staff in to assist her. This is definitely something that, if everything had gone to plan, would have happened prior to Christmas this year. Something I have been asked in the past was, if I'm so good at creating business plans and strategy for future success, why am I not yet a millionaire? I'm going to be really honest with you, and I mean brutally honest. I was married for 15 years to a man that as soon as I tried to do something independently, he would literally crush all my ideas and destroy with a capital D my self-worth and confidence. And if anything showed promise, he would make sure that it never went any further. Only a few years ago was I able to get out of that marriage because thankfully he moved on to another woman and he may not see our past relationship as I see it now as a destructive field with entrapment and control and it has taken me a long time to find my own feet and start deprogramming my negative mindset. I'm very good at creating wealth for others and I'm a very good girl working in my senior corporate management role making them lots of money as well but it's only been in the last year and a little bit that I've been courageous enough to start working on my own projects and a big passion of mine is educating other women or men to be able to create a future for themselves and become financially free living with a passion for business instead of living in fear. Because fear is expensive. Just look at all those millions of dollars that you may have missed out on because you've been too scared or frightened or fearful to take that step. But most of all, I think the biggest lesson I've learned in the business deal that went astray was it wasn't personal. I wasn't being rejected. It wasn't my skills or my business knowledge that was being called into question. I have enough social proof to know that I'm more than capable. But just for a moment, it felt like I was back in that marriage again, having my dreams crushed. But I know deep down this outcome had very little to do with me. What I do know is that I'm ready for my next step in hunting to buy that perfect business. With that in mind, I brainstormed what some of the risks I would be facing and how I could overcome them. Here are the five that I could come up with, but truthfully, I came up with a heap more, but these were the five that really resonated with me. These are as follows. The first is clearly financial risk. So buying a new business requires a significant financial investment, and there is always a risk that the business may not perform as well as expected. To overcome this, conduct a thorough financial analysis to ensure the business financials are sound and consider seeking advice from a personal financial professional. The second is operational risk. Taking on a new business means inheriting all of its operational processes. To mitigate this risk, conduct a thorough due diligence process to understand how the business operates and identify any potential areas for improvement. And a big one is the legal risk. There may be legal issues associated with the business, such as lawsuits or regulatory compliance. Conduct a legal review of the business to identify any potential legal risks and take the steps to address them. The next is reputational risk. The reputation of the business may have been damaged before you acquired it. Conduct a brand and reputation analysis to determine the business's current standing in the market and develop strategies to improve it. And then there is the employee risk. Employees may be resilient or resistant to change or leave the business after it is acquired. Develop a plan to communicate changes to employees and establish a culture of openness and transparency to build trust and loyalty. 
As you can see, there's a little bit there to work through. More importantly, integrating all that information into a business plan, including marketing and potential expansion with the critical pathway firmly set in place so that you can hit the ground running when you do finally take over that new business. Always spend money on legal and financial advice because if the business thing doesn't go through because you found some issues with it, then it's money well spent rather than buying a business and never being able to recoup your costs because you haven't done due diligence. In saying that, I'm, I really did get something positive out of this experience and I wrote down a few things that if I was mentoring a new business owner, these are definitely bits of advice I would part with if they asked for it and that is as follows. Focus on providing value for your customers and meeting their needs. This will help you build a loyal customer base and differentiate yourself from competitors. Keep a close eye on your finances and cash flow. Make sure you have a solid financial plan and track your income and expenses regularly to avoid any surprises. Build a strong team and delegate responsibilities to them. This will help you scale your business and allow you to focus on high-level tasks. Develop a strong brand identity that resonates with your target audience. This includes creating a memorable brand name, logo and messaging that accurately represents your business and values. Continuously learn and adapt to changes in the market and industry. Stay up to date on trends and new technologies and be open to experimenting with new ideas to stay ahead of the competition. When you are investigating a new business, then these few steps are most definitely something you could start researching with the new business. Okay, so I've tried to summarize everything I've gone through in this particular episode because I know I kind of jumbled a lot of stuff in there, so bear with me. So ultimately, if you're hunting to buy a new business, these are the things you need to look for, for it to be financially viable and why that is. When looking to buy a new business, there are several key factors to consider to ensure it is financially viable. Firstly, consider the industry in which the business operates and whether it has the potential for growth. Look at the financial statements of the business to determine its profitability, cash flow and debt levels. It is also important to assess the competition in the market and the business's unique selling proposition. Consider the location of the business and its accessibility to customers. Evaluate the existing customer base and their loyalty to the business. Assess the quality of the products or services offered by the business and whether they meet customer needs. Look at the experience and qualifications of the management team. Finally, consider any legal or regulatory issues that could impact on the business's operations. By thoroughly evaluating those factors, you can make an informed decision about the financial viability of a potential business purchase. I genuinely hope that you took something really positive away from all that I've presented in this episode, including me being completely honest and vulnerable and the lessons I've learned working through this particular deal. I'm going to call it a day this episode was surprisingly emotional to create, so I may it may actually be, it will be, a slightly shorter episode. Let me know in the DMs if you're looking at buying that dream business or if it's on your wish list and what it is about that particular business that makes it so attractive to you. Like the business description I talked about at the beginning of this episode, I have dubbed it my unicorn business. 
If you are ready to get clear on your business goals and boost your productivity and revenue, I invite you to work with me in my one-on-one private business development containers. And as I've mentioned before, no, you don't have to have a business as I do help private clients with goal setting and achieving those goals. Flick me a DM and let's chat to see how we can work together and let's buzz you up. Till next week, thank you for listening and spending your time with me. I truly appreciate you. Have an amazingly abundant week and I'll buzz you later. Bye. Thanks again for being here today. In the show notes, you'll find all the links to my social media platforms. Do pop in and say hi. I hang out mostly on Instagram on the at BizYouUp page or you'll also find me at esther.aken. Please help yourself to my free confidence or courage subliminals. These are the best kept secret to changing and leveling up your mindset and getting next level results. You can find them on the www.bizyouup.com website. That's B-I-Z-Y-O-U-U-P dot com. I'm going to be cheeky and thank you all in advance for helping your girl out with your awesome ratings and reviews and hitting that follow and subscribe button. Till next time, buzz you all later and have an incredibly abundant week. Bye.